Welcome back to the Slab Bodyboarding Podcast Waxing On series. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm joined today by Alex Clark and George Bevan, and in this episode we dive into the first stop on the IBC World Tour, Jet Boards, Action Bronson, and we have a special guest giving us the lowdown on the devastating floods which have recently rocked the east coast of South Africa. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Hempoid CBD. Hempoid offers a great range of CBD products, including high-quality CBD oils and CBD muscle rubs. Their products are lab-tested, organic, and GMO-free. They work only with suppliers who match their quality standards to deliver a great product, suitable for all, and unrivaled in its class. Hempoid have given us a 25% discount code, so use SLAB23 at checkout to get 25% off. Follow the link in the SLAB Bodyboarding Instagram bio to get yours today. Alex Clark and George Bevan, welcome back to the Slab Bodyboarding Waxing On series. George Bevan, new to the podcast, North Wales's top charger. How you doing? Oh, big, big introduction there, mate. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. But uh, yeah, what all of the boys is so appearing well, thanks. Yeah, good to be on. Nice. Alex, how's your leg healing up? Well, I thought I was getting there. I started walking around a bit and uh, I went to the doctor's yesterday and apparently I'm allowed to start putting my uh, toe to the floor. So uh, I'm making progress. The x-ray showing uh, that it's healing, but it's just not healed as much as what I thought it was to start walking again. <laughs> nice. Uh, George, just give us some background about yourself, where you're from, how long you've been bodyboarding, that sort of thing. Yeah, so uh, based in Bangor, North Wales now. Um, been living here for about a year or so after moving back from Liverpool, um, but been bodyboarding up in North Wales for the best part of 10 years, really. Um, background into bodyboarding was my dad was always a windsurfer, so kind of spent time learning to windsurf around the water and then got into bodyboarding and um, managed to get hold of a riptide, which had Mitch Rawlins on it, this famous scoop at the right and kind of thought, wow, that's incredible. I want to do that. And then, yeah, it just stuck in my mind as something that I wanted to do. And then obviously like we all do, you know, we dig out footage and magazines and find out what's this all about and then just got hooked. And, you know, thankfully we've got some decent waves up North Wales. So when there's a swell all over it. Wicked. Um, you and I managed to score some pretty, uh, Epic waves during Storm Eunice down uh, in, in Pembrokeshire. Uh, pretty hectic conditions and super fun. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was uh, first time down south, well, South Wales um, and Pems as well. So, yeah, it was good to see the boys and score some waves. It was, yeah, the wind was absolutely mad. I don't think I've ever surfed howling offshores like that before. Um, and finding some, some cool little sheltered spots was awesome. And uh, I think we'll come on to some of the other things we did that weekend with the, with the Welsh Bodyboard Club, which was cool as well. So, yeah, it was a sick trip. Sick. Very cool. Well, um, let's jump straight into it. We're not far away from the uh, the, the actual kickoff of the uh, IBC World Tour, and that's the Eureka event, which kicks off shortly. Um, some of the big things, notable things there. A, uh, a purse of $30,000 coming up for that, um, which is for bodyboarding really really good yeah tasty that hey <laughs> really tasty yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lot of money there's also three thousand um ibc world world title points available for a win on that one and then obviously we'll break down break down from there for a second uh and 
the points allocation. I've been checking the charts, and uh, I mean, Arika is pretty consistent, especially out on um, our gringo there. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be a, another sick, sick event. I've um, attempted, to, I've reached out to the IBC to see if they have a competitor list at this point, any confirmed riders. But they, uh, they'll only release that kind of 48 hours before the event, which is a bit sad, especially when you look at what the Bokus did to build the hype where they were releasing the, the, um, the competitors as they were registering, which, was, which I thought was really cool. Um, what do you guys think? Have you had a look at that event at all, the, um, the Eureka? Yeah, I've, been, I've just been taking a look just now to see if the registration form's live, and it's still live until the 27th, I think. So it is a, yeah. it is a shame, really, that they're not drip-feeding like that. But, I mean... Yeah any event at Flophos or El Gringo, I mean, it's just such a sick wave, isn't it? Like, it's and a magnet as well, so you think you're going to get decent conditions. Um, I mean, we've had some awesome, you know, events there and some moves that kind of have defined bodyboard history a bit, haven't we? So we can only hope for more, more of the same. Oh, Josh Kirkman smashing his head there. Mike Stewart with that, um, that late invert straight onto the rock. And we got Romero's dinosaur comparable invert as well. <laughs> I remember that one. <laughs> right, lots of people doing all the comparisons of how big it was and stuff. Yeah, yeah, thirty k purse. That's that's pretty sweet. Like to be fair, and to be honest with you, you know, we're moving into May now, so you know, into the fifth month of the year, it'd be good to see a guy go in on it. You know what I mean? It'd be good to get the world tour started. Like, yeah, I'm super super excited about it. It kicks off on the 29th, and um, it's the 16th consecutive year that they've run that competition so it's, it's got legs definitely um definitely runs consistently every year for 16 years um and like i said the the forecast uh, looks really good uh some of the confirmed riders i saw a post from maxime costello um he was uh i saw some of his basically his travel pictures but he's packing up and on his way over there i know that tristan is in Argentina. Now, I don't know if he's competing, but it would be strange that he's hanging out in Argentina and is not going to be on that side of the, the continent. And then there's also a lesser-known guy, Mateus Diaz. Uh, he won, the, he won the, the Union Flopos just recently. So he's already won one competition there this year. So uh, looking good for him. He's been based at, uh, as far as I can tell, he's been based at Arica. Gives him home ground advantage. Yeah. I was say, I've seen some of the... Uh footage and highlights and that from that flop ass event like and you know just a little taster of what's to come like you know what i mean it was sick such a cool wave obviously it comes along with the uh cultura festival so there's a full full pet festival that they put on there um food and music and, and all sorts during the during the event arik is a sick little town i've like been lucky enough to spend some time there but not surfing it's a super cool place I don't know if either of you guys have been but i can imagine if you know bodyboarding continues on the well, continues on the path we can get that growing what a venue it is it's like an amphitheater isn't it and then you've got a yeah. sick little town as well and the cliffs and the statue i mean it's just it's such an awesome place to help hold an event you know it, it's it's one of those where you just have to have it on the tour and like if it's 16 years in a row that's pretty yeah tells you that it's got legs and on the going back to what you're saying about tristan it's pride sponsored isn't it or they're one of the one of the sponsored so it is, yeah. They're one of the primary sponsors, big time. And then one of the other sponsors, and let me look this up because I just thought it was absolutely hilarious. One of the sponsors or one of the uh, primary sponsors is the illustrious municipality of Arica. <laughs> if you're going to name yourself a municipality, you may as well call yourself illustrious. 
<laughs> yeah, go the full way. Yeah, <laughs> name, isn't it? It's pretty cool. I saw that early on today. I was like, oh my god, that's beautiful. Just uh just put all the stickers on, why don't you? <laughs> I, I'm petitioning for a rebrand to the illustrious and glorious Welsh Bodyboard Club. I think that's definitely what we should do. <laughs> it's gonna be a premium membership, man. It's premium membership. Pr- premium membership, only fans membership. <laughs> Yeah, behind the paywall for sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, yeah, I'm super excited. IBC were punting the fact that Pierre might be defending his 2019 title. Also a pride bodyboarder. So you would kind of expect that whole team to be there. Yeah, well, the way pride are going about things, they're not doing anything by abs here. So, no, so you'd expect to see the full lot there. All the marquees, the flags, the lot. Why not get, get the old... Uh, crocodilo boards out and all that and away we go isn't it (laughs) (laughs) nice well yeah i'm super excited the next topic to have a chat about was um i don't know if you guys saw the brasileiro de ondas grandes do you know much about that did you see well following your agenda i had to look around and now i do (laughs) i wasn't aware (laughs) before but yeah so oh, the one where you win a win a, a wrestling belt if you win the competition is it that one? <laughs> it it is that yeah. But uh, the Brazilians just seem to have their shit locked down. Like they've got, I think it's like seven or eight different uh, categories. So you've got like uh, the male best wave surf throughout the year, uh, female best wave. They've got uh, kite surfing. Um, they've got just biggest wave, uh, and then in bodyboarding they've got two categories for for bodyboarding that's male and female and it's the just big wave surfing um based out of brazil and the event that they had is i say pretty close to what you would have had in the peak of bodyboarding down back in the in the 90s like they've got this full amphitheater book, booked out they've got big screens up um everyone's dressed up really nicely all sorts of drinks and stuff going on it just looks like an absolutely awesome event a chap called breno custa won the um the male big wave events and uh paula samoa she won the uh the women's event with an absolute smashing wave the brazilians seem to have it absolutely locked down yeah looking at uh i'm gonna mispronounce it is it Paula? Paula? yeah, yeah Paula. that's a sick that's a sick wave <laughs> yeah. yeah it's fucking serious yeah seriously yeah. heavy wave yeah um, it was it was that those pictures were taken it took i'm gonna say it wrong because it's brazilian what's well, portuguese but uh it's a co- Cotera. Yeah. If anyone can uh, fire that back at me. Ita Quachera, is it? Yeah. Um, and that place is is absolutely banging. She then is having a uh, amazing year. She uh, she rocked a second place in the Sao Conrado Classic, which has also just happened. Socrates Santana was the winner there with a perfect 10 point ride in the in the final. That piece of that clip has been doing the rounds massively on uh, on the internet. I don't know if you you saw that wave, and what were your thoughts? Some wave, that is. Some wave. It reminded <laughs> me, for first instinct, though, it reminded me of, and I swear it's not the only World Tour event I've ever been to, but I reckon the best of it, that El Confital back in 2010, it reminded me of straight away, do you know what I mean? Um, different, the front kind of is a different wave in it, but yeah, that was such a sick barrel, like unbelievable. Tens all round in it. I mean, you're, you're confident that was a 10? Yeah, well, 
I'd have to see what the other competitors were doing throughout the day as well, wouldn't I, to be able to compare scores. But that's yeah. definitely worthy of a 10-point right barrel. Like. Yeah, it was beautiful all the way from the outside. Really good scores too. So he, his final was, he had a ten, that 10 and then an 8. So the background of that is that it was actually served at, at the wrong break. Um, so it was supposed to be served at uh, Sal Conrado, but the conditions were terrible. It was just choppy and too big so then they moved it to the Copacabana beach it's just a long running right hander that bowls from all the way out the back and just runs all the way across the the beach and overall just quality of the surfing was, was amazing um a girl called Myra Viana was the the woman's winner there it was classic uh cl- as you would imagine classic Brazilian beach break conditions wasn't it really I thought it was quite funny there Alex that was spoken like a true judge assessing your uh, I would have to see the the base score and all that but having seen a bit of the other footage it did look like an undoubted 10 to me like you know some of the other riding was epic but that was deep wasn't it and it was just running 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 I did, I did have a little think after watching it back the 10th time could he have hit that end section like could he have done a little reverse and so don't be so greedy That's definitely a 10 <laughs> and claiming it i don't know if you saw his celebrations when he when he came back up on the beach like the dude was so stoked like you just you could just check the emotion in uh in him i don't know whether that was knowing that he just won the comp or just that wave i don't know like mm. you have to weigh it up are you that stoked just for that wave? Because I'd be. There'd be some and come then... down from that wave, wouldn't it? There'd be some come down after that. You'd be oh. thinking about that for weeks, I reckon. Like definitely. Months. Yeah. The uh, the scenes reminded me a bit of the what you used to see, you know, the Aussies at Pipe. And I think they're really taking the baton and running with it, aren't they? The, the Brazilians, in terms of like their competitiveness and pushing things. It's good, it's quite great to see. Um, you know, if we could have that across the world, then bodyboarding in a in a good place. Um you know, whatever well, people may say about the the competitiveness in the water and the the stuff that went on to allow Socrates to win that junior world title in the past, you can't doubt that they're so hungry for it and are pushing the standards. So, you know, good honour. I was going to say, you're not saying we need Brazilians in the water all across the world. Your <laughs> 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 <El> Brazos, like. <laughs> Hey, any more bodyboards is fine, but yeah, let's let's keep the snake into a minimum across the board. That's not stereotype, but yeah. <laughs> a couple of people in Wales who could do with listening about listening to that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, overall, just another Brazilian event, which is setting the standard. Sorry, wow. and as well there, Chris. I was going to say, and it's just a, sorry, but the, the promotion stuff and how professional it was with all the, even just the Instagram page, it's, it's great, isn't it? Like the, the highlight yeah. packages, the day four package, and then the final, you know, you thought this was it. Here's some more highlights and all of the different. It's just really well done. Yeah, overall, I mean, it is really professional, and it, it gives us something to be excited about. I was super impressed, and that wave just got me stoked. Another contentious one, or a contentious one, Action Bronson. <laughs> now we're gonna get into it, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. So Action Bronson, it's been doing the rounds. There's been a few podcasts with a lot of different opinions for some background if you haven't seen it uh bam bam balaclava the rapper has um decided that he's now taking up bodyboarding surfs mostly in uh, a wave pool in in new jersey in in the states and has 
attached his rap video to the weirdest, craziest CGI bodyboarding clip with crocodiles and like Mortal Kombat moves and all sorts of weird stuff going on. So if you haven't seen it, go check out. It's got 960,000 views on YouTube. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'll let George go first. You might oh, have something you nice sure? to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, first of all, definitely go and watch it because it, it is like you're on acid. I did think uh, maybe I've done drunk something or taken something here that I've not realised because I heard about it, then watched it and thought, wow, okay. Yeah, I I, I, may, I don't know. I, I thought I read a piece on Informed and I thought this is going to be really inflammatory and I don't think I, I can read this. And I thought it was actually all right. I could understand both sides of the argument really, but... Like for me, he does genuinely seem like he wants to do it and it is something that he feels a benefit from somehow. And I can connect with that in terms of the whole, you know, blue mind idea of it's good for your body, it's good for your mind, all that sort of stuff. I also get the argument that, well, we don't want a part of that because it's embarrassing to us and that's not who we are. But I kind of feel like it's there's we've got other issues really i think fair enough if he wants to bodyboard if he thinks that's cool and he enjoys it good good on him i don't really have time to be getting angry about it i think if he was out there you know saying i don't know this is what bodyboarding is or anything like that but i don't think really he's under any illusions i think he's just discovered something that he loves and he wants to do it and he's proud about it and i don't want to knock him for that really i think it's all right like it's not, I'm comfortable enough to know what bodyboarding is and what it isn't. I don't think it's really going to affect who we are as a subculture. I think it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. Fair enough. Good on him. It's nothing more than that. But I can get why people are getting riled about it. I just don't really have the time to do it myself, I guess. Especially but, uh, the George, Australians. Well, I think George at the nail on the head there, like, because we said, you know, is it worth me getting angry about kind of thing? Like, because I was like, I've watched it once, right? I've suffered through it once, right? And, <laughs> and I, I'll be honest with you, right? I'm into my music and obviously not as much as I thought I was because I never even heard of this guy until a few months back when um, he was on Mike Tyson's podcast. So I listened to that a bit. Like, I thought, oh, well, have a listen. And he said, all oh, right, fair enough. Back then, happy days or whatever. And then obviously this all blew up now and... Oh, so and so said this, and so and so come back for that, and I was like, and I thought, well, what does this actually mean for me? Like, do you know what I mean it doesn't matter what the exchanges are of other people? Is it worth me getting wound up about this? And I thought, well, you know, I like it, Bob, but when I say it, Bob, you know, you're talking like Jurassic by Guru, uh, people under the stairs, Beastie Boys, uh, that's hip hop for me. I. After watching that video, I thought, oh, I better listen to his music. And that music weren't hip-hop for me, right? I'm also the kind of guy that I can't sit through, like, die-hard or action movies like that because special effects and far-fetched things, they, they don't work for me. You know, I, I, I like to do... I do my own stunts. That's why I've got a broken leg. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, like... <laughs> I, I, I just can't... I haven't got the imagination, maybe for that and then I watched that and I was like ah, pfft, this is pretty whack to be honest with you this music's pretty whack it ain't hip hop it isn't what bodyboarding is to me but like George says 
the guy's having a crack. He enjoys it. So happy days, get on it. And what Pride have done for people for or against it, when you've, is it clickbait? I don't know. Do you know what I mean? But what it has got is got people talking about it and all of a sudden Pride are the only bodyboard brand everybody's talking about. Then off the back of that, they supported the next World Tour event. They've got pretty much the best riders in the world riding from. So they know what they're doing over there. Like, do you know what I mean? So, but yeah. am I going to get wound up? No. 100%. I think what a lot of people have done, and, and I think you did it, is, is you've looked primarily at bodyboarders' responses to it which has been super, super like polarizing bodyboarders and every kind of like stream that you go on, you've got comments for and against. What I did today is I jumped on the video uh, on YouTube and I, I scrolled down, there's over 5,000 comments on there. And I tell you what, I could not find, and YouTube's a terrible place for negative comments. I could not find a negative comment on there. And I scrolled page after page. Um, couldn't find one thing mocking or or criticizing the video which is on youtube that's unheard of so maybe in the bodyboarding world it's kind of landed on one foot on his own following people are loving it and that can only be good for bodyboarding yeah i i, I guess what I, i've just thought kind of a way of phrasing what i'm actually thinking in, in a better way and my thing about what people have replied about it's not bodyboarding what i don't want bodyboarding to be is that really divisive toxic stand-up culture where they say you're not one of us you're not very good you're a kook you can't that that stuff and i'm really i guess sensitive to that well bodyboarding we're better than you because we've suffered from that the kind of like you're not part of our crew and what Mm -hmm. i love about bodyboarding is you go somewhere and you're a bodyboarder and you're part of the crew and i get that it's human nature to kind of say oh well you know you're a kook or or kind of just to to kind of want to put people down. I think there's that horrible part in all of us that kind of wants to feel good by putting somebody else down. And I don't want bodyboarding to be that. I I don't want that to be part of us. So if he likes bodyboarding, which I get the feel he does, then fine. And also if we were like surfing in a massive culture and he was going to get something out of saying he was a surfer, then I'd be like, Oh, hang on. What's he, what's in, what's in it for him. But being a bodyboarder, there's nothing in it for him. We're not a big enough culture yeah. for them for there to be a profit in him saying he's a bodyboarder so if he wants to be a bodyboarder because he wants to be a bodyboarder good on him like he's not getting anything out of us it's not like he's using us so let's not be stand-ups and be you know oh, well, no we don't want him or we're not just just don't just be welcoming and just let's not be like yeah. that you know that's what i think anyway that's my rant there we go well that wraps that one up <laughs> yeah it's um it's a Hang on, have you said what you think about it, actually, Chris? I No, I didn't. I was trying to dodge that. <laughs> Come on. Uh, <laughs> watching it, I thought, Jesus Christ, this is cringy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, like, and I, I managed to get halfway through, and I was like, oh, my God, the crocodiles and the Mortal Kombat moves. Uh, same as you, Alex. I have a really eclectic um, music taste. I grew up on the punk rock of the 90s um, bodyboard movies and then into the hip-hop skateboard movies. And, like, I loved that stuff. And to be fair, and then I went and listened to his album. And it's it's not my kind of hip-hop. I'm happy to listen to rap. 
but uh, yeah, it just it wasn't for me. I thought, Jesus, this is cringy as fuck. But I don't think it's bad for bodyboarding. I genuinely don't. I think it just throws eyes on it. Hey, if it brings 10 kids to the table and they go out and buy a bodyboard, job done, mate. I'm, I'm happy with it. I, I get the cringe thing for sure, because I, I think like I've not, I'm not into the same type of music. I'm not really a music person, I guess. So I did have that, oh, this is a bit cringe. But in the same way that if it was him, I don't know, just a normal skate, not skate, sorry, a normal music video, I think I'd think the same. And then I was trying to separate, okay, the music and the way that they've CGI'd it is one thing. And then there's the bodyboard thing. And I just thought, well, let's not hammer someone for bodyboard. Let's let's hammer it for being cringy lyrics or whatever. You know, let's just separate the two. I don't know. Fair enough. I'm sure there was a lot more cheesy stuff going around back in the 80s and that, like 70s, 80s, straight damned in. El Rolo. Yeah. <laughs> El Rolo. <laughs> Look out the back. Yeah. Have you guys seen what's been going down in Durban in South Africa? And if you've been paying attention to the news, it's been very, very undercovered in comparison to what happened in in Australia. I actually caught up with Tegan Coolenville from Durban to um, give us a lowdown. So uh, this is a chat from earlier. Tegan Coolenville, welcome to the Slab Bodybuilding Podcast. Um, there's been some hectic stuff going on in South Africa. So um, you've just jumped on to, to give us the lowdown. How are you doing and what's going on? How are you, man? Yeah, good. Nice to catch up with you and like update you with what's going on um the floods have been pretty hectic um you know it was like the news kind of let us know that there was this rain coming and then the rain did come and then it just never stopped you know the whole night and the whole like for like three days and then a few days before that there was some hectic rain but the night where the floods actually took place the rain did not stop pouring down and there was no wind so the storm never really moved it just kind of hung around and it just poured the entire night I mean, my house got pretty damaged. Our boundary wall collapsed. The tiles on our roof started breaking and um, the, like the wood that holds the tiles started breaking. And I mean, water poured into our house. And, and then you started like going online and like everyone's freaking out, like houses are getting washed away. And I mean, this is like early hours of the morning, you know? And like friends are messaging you like, are you okay? Like other people, and you like start like going online on social media and you start seeing like, oh this is hectic what's going on and then next minute you hear like schools are closed you can't go on this freeway you can't like literally leave your house because the roads are like flooded and like then it hits you in the morning and you start realizing like what happened during the night you know because i mean most of us were sleeping you know and then you wake up to the devastation and to like all this news and it's quite hectic and then throughout day by day everyone was like slowly able to leave their house or the roads would like kind of the water would drop and you could like go on certain roads and take a drive and take a look at like the devastation. And I think that's when my eyes really opened, you know, when I got to the beach and, you know, I'm seeing trucks on the beach, I'm seeing like gas bottles and you're seeing like the biggest trees getting washed up on the beach and you're seeing all the roads are still like half the roads you normally use are all still flooded. So there's all these detours and like helicopters flying everywhere. I mean, emergency, like, vehicles flying up and down all the roads and then the like news on social media just never stopped for days and days and like and yeah it was pretty hectic eh? yeah i mean yes we we have like we get to the beach and now there's these like six foot walls of litter that are higher than you i mean you have to climb over them to get into the water when we were surfing for the first couple of days um i know it was a bit silly but we we were hit by like a really good swell um 
It like, Always a silver it, lining, it, eh? It was something. <laughs> like we were standing on the beach and there's like litter and logs coming flying into the pier and and there's just cooking surf. I mean, it's like hard to say no, you know, it doesn't happen every day. So there was a silver lining, like you say, we got to get some fat barrels. But um, yeah, otherwise it was it's pretty hectic what's happened. I mean, there's a lot of pollution, um, a lot of toxic and medical waste that's been spewed out of, out of factories and things like that onto the ocean and onto the coastline. So yeah, it was pretty hectic, eh? Oh man, that's terrible. Um, I saw that there's quite a quite a substantial loss of life. Do you know how many people have passed away? Yeah, well from like what the news people know and kind of what we've heard there's been over 450 deaths already um and that's oh. ranging from places that are well built up to places like locations where they don't have the best infrastructure and things like that so it didn't matter where you lived or what house you lived in mother nature came and destroyed it all you know it was i mean the people whose houses weren't destroyed they were just in lucky areas, you know, where there weren't massive overflows and rivers that were like, you know, just overflowing or roads that were completely flat where they flooded and people's houses were getting washed away. So we were like lucky just to have the small damage, you know, um, and who knows how many more people are dead. I mean, to this day, the numbers are climbing um, as well as like the number of missing people is higher than, you know, the death. So and we're not higher, but I mean, it's still pretty good. So yeah. who knows how actually how many more people have died from this. And it's still weeks later, you know, so it's hectic. It was pretty, pretty Ew. hectic. To see. I mean, it was the first time I've seen something like that in my entire lifespan, you know. I mean, I've seen similar things, but nothing to this extent, you know. That's mental. I think I read something that it was the worst storm since 1912. So you're looking at like basically 110 years basically in a sense yeah i read headlines that yeah. said that i mean there was some similar event in 1987 or 1989 i think where they the recordings of the millage of rain or the mills of rain that had fallen or been captured on those areas during 1989 um i mean the numbers that we got now were in some areas double you know and that was seen as a, a mad flood i remember seeing places that had say for example 200 or 300 or 400 mils back then we're having 400 500 and 600 mils it was pretty crazy i mean there's so many statistics and so many different media information that you're getting and receiving so it's just crazy i mean i think i don't think anyone can wrap their heads around how much actually damage went down in such a short space of time I mean, yeah. there was a period of 12, 12, maybe 13 hours, you know, maybe even a little bit less. So it shows you how quick things can go wrong, you know, and yeah. how stressed out people can get so quickly and panic and fear. And you got to realize that sometimes Mother Nature, I mean, it, it takes control and it takes what it wants, you know. I've seen some of the pictures and it's just speeches from a town that I live in or lived in. It's terrifying to see some of the places. Um, just describe some of the um, the damage to the infrastructure. So, like, I saw there were some bridges that collapsed. Bridges have collapsed. Um, what's it like around kind of like your trip to the beach? Has it changed that at all? Took my trip to the beach, like my route 
is now chilled. It, there wasn't really any major road damage. Um, but when I go surf other spots, say up in Belito or down the south coast, when there's like usually beach freeways, there's like two options. You can go like a little bit inland, which is a little bit of a shortcut, or you can go along the beach, which have like also big freeways. Um, and those have bridges that cross over rivers um, that lead into the ocean. So I think there was about two or three bridges that I know personally that have collapsed or cracked inwards, you know, and sunken yeah. in where the river was gushing out so hard and those massive concrete pillars that hold the bridge up, they couldn't hold, you know, the, the flow of the ocean and they collapsed. Bridges that we've been driving on for years, you know, and now you just see them cracked in half and you're like, what? Ocean and water is so powerful. You know, the rain, I mean, it's hectic. And we, we see rivers that like lead out normally, they like so wide throughout the year and now the rivers are like double their width you know it's like it's crazy to see how much water came running down um and it covered a big space of land so you know places like um that were on top of sand dunes for example along the coast um like mshloti and westbrook and belito places like that higher up areas they were really damaged from like mudslides um yeah, because it was I just saw that. capture on top you know because of these new like bigger states that are popping up everywhere um they don't have water management like designed properly enough to withstand things like that because things like this don't really happen you know it's quite a rare event you know if you look back at the weather you know you don't often see those weather patterns forming so quickly you know so i guess it was just those rare events that can damage anything i guess it doesn't matter how well prepared they could have been it's crazy to see that we're not stronger than nature, you know? Yeah. Jesus. Um, that is so hectic. So um, as far as I understand it, it's something called a cutoff low. So basically this big low pressure system comes in, which as bodyboarders we love because it brings a swell. But um, exactly. the problem was, is it, it detached from the jet stream. Um, and the other and storm on the opposite direction, holding it in place, which would normally would come through it would rain it would blow out and carry on whereas this other say warm pressure storm or um storm from the north was holding this like cold front in and say vice versa and was holding it in it wasn't allowing it to escape that little piece and it basically just landed dead flat on kzn i mean out of all places yeah. i mean if you're looking at the weather the weather apps like the storm was on Durban and on KZN like so perfectly oh. not fresh out to see it was just all on land um so I guess we were just in the wrong place at the wrong time you know oh that is it's nuts eh? and mother nature is an absolute bitch <laughs> in some <laughs> some cases eh? like I look at it like it's bad but I, th I mean, I think our rivers and our streams and things like that needed a good rinse. I mean, we have such a big pollution problem here in Durban and in South Africa and in the world in general. But um, we don't really have the best of maintenance when it comes to pollution in our rivers. Um, and we have a lot of rural areas that are along our rivers, you know, that use our rivers. Mm -hmm. And a lot of litter gets pushed down. And I mean, to have big rains like this, where the rivers flow so much, um, it brings all that litter out, which is a good thing. But now that litter ends up all over our beaches. And yeah. it was great to see. I've never seen so much litter in my life 
all along the coast. I mean, the, the municipality is on it at the moment and they're cleaning it up pretty fast. Um, but every day, all day, they're busy, you know, cleaning. Yeah. Mass, filling massive, massive containers of litter from anything from fridges to TVs to chairs to tires. I mean, remember, houses were washed away. So yeah. you found people's belongings on the beach. Not only litter, you're finding people's personal belongings, you know, shoes, clothes, on top of all the normal plastic waste and polystyrene waste that you get. Yeah. Um, I mean, even there was a video going around and I went to go see it for myself a couple of days while we were surfing the shore break. There was a huge petrol tanker that had washed up on Bark and Bean Beach, um, just a couple of meters from where we surf every morning. And um, we were literally watching it roll up and down the shore break for a couple of days before the municipality were able to break it up and take it away. So it shows you that ocean was bringing in everything. I know there was a beach on the north coast where a factory was hit, a gas bottle factory, and it was spewing these gas bottles all out to sea. I mean, boats were hitting them. A few couple of days later, um, they were washing up all over these be- all over the beaches, you know. And gas bottles are a dangerous thing. I mean, they could go yeah. off, you know, if it was damaged along the way down, you know, and people are collecting them and it's so crazy. It was like a scavenger hunt for a couple of days. Like, what can you find? <laughs> yes. so like you come to the beach, you have a surf, and then you go looking for like whatever you can find. I mean, you never know what you come across, you know. And I mean, animals too. I mean, we had crocodiles on our beaches that washed down. I was uh, going to had... ask you about that. Uh, the, the, there's a crocodile on, on the Tongat River. Yeah. And it, they, so I don't know. Like... I, don't, I don't know if I believe the statistics, but I mean, you never. I mean, if you go to a crocodile farm, yeah, there's there's a really there's like a lot of crocodiles that chill in those cages and in those you know yeah. those areas that they keep them in. I mean, so who actually knows how many escaped? You know, maybe they maybe they would add one or two crocodile numbers down a little bit just not to scare the people. But I, we also have a small wild population of smaller crocodiles that live in our rivers. But yeah. I mean, that that farm was releasing. I mean, well, they escaped, you know, and yeah, massive crocs away, rocking up on the beach. I mean, people were going for a walk and these crocodiles were like, because, I mean, you wouldn't see them. And then all of a sudden they come out the litter and here's a huge crocodile on the beach, you know, and <laughs> like people filming it, like, check the crocodile on the beach, you know, like, yo. and then like pythons, we have African rock pythons. Yeah. 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 And, and, I mean, they live close to rivers, you know, inland and things like that. So these massive pythons were washing up on the beach. I know a good couple were found. Um, even at North Beach, I mean, there was a Legavan or water monitor lizard that yeah. was cruising around for a couple of days, a nice big one. You know, I think it was over a meter long. So and, and you never actually know what other wildlife was damaged and destroyed during this floods. You know, it wasn't only humans, yeah. it was nature as well, you know? Yeah. Jesus, that's, that's hectic, eh? So hectic. Yeah. What does the um the cleanup operation look like now? Like, is the is the municipality on it? Are they like how? How's I mean, it all I working? Think, I think they were really stretched out in the beginning because I mean they needed the people say to clear out roads and like important areas, you know, where cars yeah. needed to move, and um. So I guess they were on that for a couple of days, and as they've now obviously cleared roads or major blockages, they can now start getting like their hands onto the litter on the beaches or to the like bridges that have collapsed. They, they kind of getting on these, but for the cleanup, I mean, there's only so many people in the municipality who can rock up on a section of beach. I mean, we have hundreds of kilometers of coastline. 
Um, so it's going to take a huge, an army to clean the beach. So not only have the municipality gotten involved and are working all day, um, but people have gotten involved, you know, citizens of the area and, I mean, friends and family who feel the need to go and be a part of helping and cleaning up, you know. I mean, yeah. we, there's people called, like, uh, the Little Boom Project. You know, they gather gazebos onto the beaches in different locations and they send out messages and information on social media to say that, hey, we're going to have a section here, a section here, a section here, wherever you live closest to come join they give you you know plastic bag um and gloves and they um kind of motivate the people to get involved and clean up your own beaches you know because it's going to take more than a municipality yeah. to do this you know this was a huge event so yeah. we've we spent a whole day cleaning up one day and um they continue every single day and uh, and from then until now the beaches are way cleaner um yeah. but they're still removing truckloads all day, every day. So oh. it shows you how bad it was, you know? Yeah. Terrible. It's crazy. He's released um, oil. Um, so in some areas like on um, the cuttings, they see Pingo, there was an oil spill somewhere along the line. And the entire beach was coming out black. You know, everything oh. on the beach, but that's a, it was all black, you know? And when you touched yeah. it, your hands were black. And I mean, you can't even rub that stuff off your hands when you're yeah. scrubbing it with the sponge. How's, a, how's nature going to get it off itself, you know, and how the beach is going to get it off itself. It's um, sad, you know, it's hectic. Yeah. But uh, what can you do, I know, and uh, all you can do is get involved and try and help and wherever you see litter now, just pick it up and throw it, under, put it in a bin. I guess it's better than lying on the beach, eh? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Oh, it's terrible. The other thing that you can do is uh, go for a surf. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you worried going in the water? Like, weren't you concerned about, like, your health and stuff? I was. And to be honest with you, I did get a little bit sick. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to explain how I got, like, uh, how sick. <laughs> but you can imagine I was kind of hugging that toilet bowl for a couple of days. <laughs> but it was well worth the surf. Um, we got some of, the, some of the best waves we've seen in a while hit our coast. Um, I mean, many places lit up for a couple of good mornings where I think we served a good three mornings in a row of yeah. North Beach pumping. Um, the first day was really dangerous. There was still a lot of oil drums and logs floating around and big pockets of debris that would come in with the tide or leave with the tide. Um, I know some guys who would hit their arms or their knees um, and get full blown like dead legs while they surfing, you know, which is dangerous. I mean, if that log I mean, we were watching full-on trees going through, like, six-foot to eight-foot barrels, you know? <laughs> you had to, like, time your wave, right? You had to, like, let us come watch everything in and then wait for the next set so that that foam break zone was cleared, you know? It was, it was really dangerous. And then it started clearing up and things started washing up onto the beach and the next two days were a lot safer to surf, in my opinion, compared to the first day. I mean, yeah. there were guys that would walk onto the pier and turn right around, not because they're scared of the surf, but because they were scared to injure themselves, yeah. you know? Um, the guys were wearing, I remember, like, there was a few pro surfers out there who were wearing their full-on blown inflatable suits and things just to protect them if something had to hit them, you know? Not really yeah. for the surf. I mean, Twiggy and them were wearing inflatable vests in case they got hurt, you know, in case they got yeah. knocked out. 
or something like that. Maybe we could try and save themselves by blowing up their, their suits. And here's us jumping off the pier with our fins and boogs and like paddling into <laughs> cooking stuff. <laughs> oh, that is uh, that's such a hectic story. Would it be a, a part of it and see some barrels? And there was like a light at the end of the tunnel, you know. I mean, everyone was in a bit of a shock state and feared state and everyone was like you know a bit rattled from what had happened so to to go out and get some waves with some friends and share a couple of laughs i don't find anything wrong with that you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's hectic tegan that has been super insightful and really really cool to talk to you um okay. thank you so much for jumping on and um yeah that's like it's one of the most hectic things that i've seen in a long time but, uh, I know it's great how long it's going to take before everything goes back to normal. I mean, in terms of beaches, you know, and, and yeah. how clean. I mean, when polystyrene and things like that break up, you actually realize how much of a mess it makes. Yeah. You know? So there's a, there's a lot of work to do and glass, especially. There's just so much glass on the beach, um, yeah. as well as medical waste, you know, and needles and all these weird things. And I mean, you don't want to step in anything dangerous, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, with our team now, we've been training our provincial team, and we haven't been able to do any physical training on the beach. We've had to come up onto the grassy areas to train. You know, normally yeah. we exercise. We've had to train on the promenade because there's just it's not safe to run on the beach. You know, but we'll go yeah. surf carefully down the beach. We're like in a row. Everyone walks in the same line. <laughs> and we get the water. And we shoot some barrels, but then like everyone walks slowly back up, and then we do our training on the promenade. You know, so hopefully it gets cleaned up pretty soon because that's where we train. You know. Mm -hmm. So just just um to expand on that a little bit, you you say training for the team. That's the Etiquini Bodyboard Association team. Is that right? Names changed quite a bit. It used to be you know Central KZN or KZN and it's been distributed into Northern KZN and Southern KZN, and now they have their own provincial names. Ours is now Etiquini, which is yeah. our district name, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we do trials in the beginning throughout the first phase of the year. You know, the first term of the year, we do trials maybe every second Sunday or every Sunday, depending how they're laid out. Um, and you do these trials and your scores get averaged um, in your different divisions. Um, and then you go to a thing called SA Champs, which is where all the provinces, you know, join together and compete over yeah. a safe period, you know? So we've yeah. done that now and um, we, we've done the trial part. We've done the team announcements and we're busy doing our training, which is, will be the next 10 weeks um, every single Sunday. We train from seven till nine. We do a bit of surfing and then we do a bit of fitness. Um, and it's really what helps when it comes to the actual event, you know, getting yeah. everyone, everyone ready and making all these random strangers that are now in, in a team, making them family, you know. Yeah. And, and it's a really epic week. I really enjoy it. Sure, that sounds very cool. And um, we've had some comments uh, around our group uh, and the bodyboarders I hang around with and sort of internationally, but they can't understand uh, the whole blazer thing with the, um, the scrolls the on them. Yeah. <laughs> they just don't understand it. They don't get it. No one else has like that sort of infrastructure. I get it coming from, from Durban and I understand yes. the concept of, of provincial colors, exactly. but um, 
They don't. So just break that down for us. Like what sort of is it? I mean, every year we get a scroll or a badge that shows our province and the year and the division you're in, say, if you made the team. And um, that goes onto a blazer and it's worn with pride. You know, some people think it looks silly. It's quite a lot of badges on a blazer. To us, we see it as, you know, commitment and we see it as dedication and we see a family from that and other provinces do the same thing. And it just shows the different years that you've taken part. Um, eventually your blazer gets a bit full and you have to get a new blazer and start all over again. <laughs> um, but when you take the blazer out the cupboard and you look at it, it brings back a whole bunch of memories, you know, um, which is pretty cool. And memories and, and lessons that are passed down from generation to generation, basically, you know. Yeah. Um, so it's quite a cool thing. And yeah, it's something to you know, show your friends or show family, yeah. you know, things like that. It's very cool. Very, well, I should have said it's very kiff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Proper German word there. <laughs> One or two, eh? Yeah. <laughs> you were from Durban too, and you're old school Durban boy, and yeah, um, yeah the guys you know, and realize that Durban is such a small place like you say you know the bodyboarding community is such yeah. a small little community such a tight community and when we have something like you say champs you know when everyone's together all the provinces that is the biggest audience and the biggest group of bodyboarders in South Africa you'll get gathered in one place and yeah. over a couple of days so it is quite a spectacular thing you know if you're a grom and you know it's your first time on the team and you go to essays you realize how many bodyboarders we have they may not be hundreds and thousands, but there's a lot of us and we all know each other. And I mean, we all learn to know each other over time. And um, you start to realize that bodyboarders share this, you know, I don't know if you can say Gies or Ubuntu, you know, we share it, you know, and that's what's really sick. You know? And it's global, um, bro. It's, it's, it's bodyboarders exactly. from everywhere in the world. Share that uniqueness, you know, and that's what I dig. You know, you see these random kids come in and all of a sudden they seem to have a place now, you know, and they're excited to water and they're excited to come say hello to you and ask you like, how do I do this? And can I do that? And, you know, and you realize like you were there once too, you know, and if it weren't for the guys who pushed you, who's going to push these kids? So yeah. like I said, it gets down and you got to share that love, you know, and you got to yeah. share that stoke and it makes a big difference in a kid's world, you know? That's very, very careful. So good. So good. Um, the dates for SA Champs have actually been announced. I, I, off the top of my head, I can't remember. It's 15th yeah, it 22nd of July. It was the first week of July. If I'm, yeah. if I don't remember, if I'm not mistaken, it was the first to the seventh or the first to the fifth. But now it's the seventh to the eleventh, which is the yeah. second week of July. So yeah, okay, during like the that. week at North Beach, Durban, KZN um yeah if you are watching this and you're from durban kzn i mean you should pull in during that week and come check it out it, i mean we're gonna have quite a cool events um we might have secured some cool sponsorships um and we might actually have a very cool successful year so i'm looking forward to it hopefully no touch wood lockdowns or you know covid problems <laughs> yeah but i hope that we it runs smoothly and that we can get everyone together again you know very cool. And you guys, you hold the Fishman Trophy, is that correct? 
Yeah, the fisherman is a trophy that we as a team, besides individual titles, it's a team title that we chase, you know, and we've won it this this year. If we win it, which we will, we it's gonna be our thirtieth, you know, it's gonna be our thirtieth time. So I really want to be a part of that. Um, and I'm I'm looking forward to leading the team into that thirtieth win. You know, it's quite a big, yeah, big victory. It's a big deal. Soil. You know, so we got a lot to protect. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's been when it's on home soil, the teams come with a lot more hunger. So yeah. it's, it's exciting, you know, and I always dig a good competition. Very cool. Well, um, I reckon if you'd be keen to, is maybe during that week, if you're not too busy, maybe jump on another potty and, and do something around the SA Champs if you'd oh, be keen for that. Yeah, that would be epic. I'd love to inform everyone, let everyone know who's not able to see it let them see what's going on or hear what's going on yeah. uh, maybe in the day after so I can announce the winners and who's won and who's taken titles home and what province has taken titles home and things like that. That would be super cool. So I yeah. would definitely like to invite you to do that and keep you penciled in for it. So All right. Laka, dude. Tegan, thank you so much for jumping on. Super, super insightful. And um, yeah, great to talk to you. It was nice meeting you and chat soon. Your family all cool, yeah? Yeah, I've only got one brother that lives there now, and he, oh. he, they're all cool, but yeah, some of my friends were affected quite badly. And obviously, Warren, one of the WBC members, he um, traveled over there two days before to go and enjoy his summer holiday and ended up spending a week in the uh, in, in a flood zone, basically, just on his family holiday, which is not cool for him. And like, I wouldn't have really known much about it if it wasn't for him, to be honest with you. Because yeah. I'm in a couple of group chats with him and stuff, and he's like, yeah. Oh, check this out, guys. Yeah, can't it? Really, really hectic. So, the big news coming out of Hawaii is that the winner of the book jam has been announced. Uh, Tanner McDaniel has taken that one, kind of an, an interesting one, wasn't it? I think we were kind of chatting just before briefly on this, and uh, like the arc for him, like, was it 10 years since his first event? Oh, his first time out of pipe when he was 12. Not first, so, first pipe event. So he first competed and competed at twelve years old. Yeah, just before his thirteenth birthday. So yeah. yeah, ten years exactly from his first event to his first win, which is like you say, a really nice like arc back to it. Yeah, and I think as well, <clears throat> obviously everybody's lives the past two years have been interrupted. You know, some more than others, but for him and the way the world tour has gone to be, you know, at sixteen, seventeen, bursting on the scene and ready to kind of, you know, rip everything up. And then the tour breaks down and there's no tour events and things like that. It must be pretty fulfilling for him to, to come back and, and win that now with, with, you know, with the cast that was there competing. So, yeah, good on him. Yeah, from, from what I see, like, certainly deserved um, some, some of the deeper barrels I've seen from the footage has come out of there. And that big, like, backflip out into the bowl, that's huge. Like, he, he seemed to be in the air forever on that, like, some serious yeah. hang time and distance travelled, like, and, uh, yeah, and seen bust a few inverts and that as well. Obviously, we're still waiting for the full edit, so we can only compare. Um, they, was it, like, two or three days that they put it, this is the top ten, and then was it down to the top four, and then this is the winner. So... It, Still I thought it went just to sorry to draw. I thought it just went top ten winner. I didn't see a top oh, four, my, did you? It might have done. Oh, I don't know. I might have dreamt one as well. But, 
I'd like to know, like, obviously, well, the question is, how did they get to that decision? Um, and only really when I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from him. Yeah, he deserves it. If if the judges have said he deserves it, I trust that he deserves it. Like, but we're still at that. Uh, we're still at that waiting period to see what else went down to compare it to. Like, yeah, we don't even uh, know the full competitor list. Like, who else was there? Like, yeah, no, true, true. I know Ryan Hardy was there because he um he jumped onto the uh, the Grin Reapers podcast and had a chat to them um about about it. Um, I know he obviously Andre. Ryan Hardy was there, yeah, absolutely. He was there. See, I haven't seen no footage of Hardy there at all. Nothing. Like, and that's no one f- of the first things I'd have expected to see. Like, yeah, and there's no footage he's from not Dre. In the top ten. Then. Yeah, no? there's one yeah. photo of Hardy, isn't there? Doing what looks to be some kind of tweak roll. I, I can't work out if it's a tweak roll or an F forward, but it looks sick. And they released it in the first batch of photos, and that's it. Because I've been hanging on all their posts, waiting for a Hardy clip, and I haven't seen anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh... yeah. We don't know if Spencer Skipper was there competing. I mean, there's a handful of riders that we do know that were there, but overall there were 40 riders. Just checking now, it went, um, it did go to, there was a second post and it was the final two. It was between him and Jeff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, But yeah, well done, Tanner. Um, And it's good to see a youngster cleaning up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, some some would say he should have won in twenty twenty. Even that's a controversial comment. That is. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. No, no. At the end of the day, you're always going to have people against judges' decisions in every area. Nice one. The Tunt inv- Invitational has been confirmed for the. IBC World Tour and the dates are out. So I think that's from the holding period, 22nd of July to the 14th of August, um, which is also a very cool event. Um, very well attended. Last year was one of the few events that actually took place um, during the pandemic. And it also had a stacked final. That was Tristan, Jared and Ian all in the final. So, And there's a speciality event, isn't it? It's a speciality event. So yeah, any bonus points to the to the to the world title chase so you guys seen anything else going on in the body one world there was that uh maldives pro see that those guys so they've got so they've announced that they've got a an event as well now on the world tour haven't they but they did their little national regional event um yeah it, it was in like two well two foot it was but it was clean it was barreling it was whackable. It was, you know, multi-maneuver kind of wave. Like they are the men's and the women's. From what I seen, I can't remember now who won, but it seemed to be a pretty, or say pretty, well, a very professionally run event. Um, yeah, uh, just not just the media side of things, but you know, it, it looks like a good theater to do it. I, I don't know if that's the same location where they're going to hold their um, world tour event um, I did see the prospectus or whatever you would call it um, earlier this year basically the little information pack about what they've done what they're doing who's who, how they're going to fund stuff, how you know where the money comes in, how the sponsorships 
tiers are structured. A very, very professional organization over there uh, doing great things for the Maldives. Do you see any of that event now? I did have a li- little bit. Um, that break is the one, I think it's called Male, Male Airport. Um, very, very cool okay. break. When it when it fires, it, um, it goes off. And it's kind of weird because you've got this massive bridge in the background that looks like it should be blocking the swell. And then you've got the airport across... Mm-hmm across the bay you had airplanes landing so it's kind of a weird like different um setup to other breaks like it's not palm trees and stuff which you would expect from the maldives but i suppose it's on one of the main islands so they got to get people in and out somehow yeah it's like a little hub like you know i had a little yeah. look on google earth and all that um like you say it's not a lot of sand there and there's not a lot of trees there but it's- <laughs> Uh, looks a very busy place for the the Maldives, like you know what I mean. Yeah, um, George, you have something that you wanted to to chat about. Uh, I think it was just an inevitability that one of these days an e foil or an e board was going to make its way into a lineup, and we were going to have to have a big chat about it. And oh, of all man. the places for it to prop up, Shark Island. Why not? Shark <laughs> Island. Yeah. So, uh, one of the yeah. skid kids, an old school rider, just thought, I'm going to do you guys. That was, <laughs> he had some balls just s- screaming in on a jet. What is that? Is it a jet board? Yeah, it's just an e-board, right? I, c- I couldn't really work it out from the footage, but I imagine it's just like a yeah, jet board. Homemade, wasn't and it? A... Made it himself. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. That's mad. And then, <laughs> yeah, just stranger in, into the middle of a, uh, a competition, he just rolls in does a few loops and then uh ends up taking out his so one of the lads threw his board at him or something nearly knocked him off yeah sam strachan apparently right chucked his board at him yeah supposedly and then he uh tried to start on some 14 year old kid who was wearing the same color rashi yeah and then yeah yeah i mean strachan called him out and he and then he hasn't he gone on a podcast and said no no they're all cool with it and they've all said no we weren't (laughs) <laughs> I think that's the story, but Jesus, what a tosser, eh? Why you got to do that? Like, <laughs> oh man, the footage yeah. is funny though, because he probably just comes flying in from from way out back, cuts across. He um, like he's sitting way deeper because he's going at fifty miles an hour. <laughs> Bottom turns around the bodyboarder who's taken off on the way, burns him, goes over the back, does this big loop. And you can just see him riding in amongst the, the the lineup, just shouting at people and just being a menace. It's funny as fuck, but... It's like one of them sea surfers, isn't it? Like yeah, like yeah, yeah. He looks exactly like it. It's like a life-size RC surfer. Fuck. <laughs> what a dick, eh? That shit's funny. But yeah, completely mess up. And I mean, as a, in a competition, that's surely that's going to throw you away. Eh? Like, that's the only thing you'll be thinking about for the rest of the comp. Oh, you'd yeah. be crapping yourself, wouldn't you? You're going to get your head taken off or something. You'd be seriously concerned about that wasn't around in any situation. Like, yeah, yeah, let alone Shark Island, yeah. Ronnie Hill is his name. Ronnie Skull Hill, apparently. <clears throat> yeah, there's on this informed article, there's videos of him paddling beers out in 98 during the comp. But So, he's yeah, he's part of that crew, apparently. I saw one of the... Th- Oh, I don't know, Instagram accounts shared the clip from Swellnet and then a disabled comments because it had like loads of comments. So I don't know. I mean, just why why are you doing it? Like I just yeah. Clicks, mate. 
internet clicks. But I suppose if he doesn't have it up on his own Instagram, then what's the point? He wanted to take a bit of the limelight now that that crocodilo guy he's got a bit of limelight before he got a bit. <laughs> In the uh, WBC, we've had um, our own little competition running. We've had over the, the past winter, we had Wave of the Winter photo competition. And um, that was recently uh, wrapped up and the winner was announced. So, drum roll. The one and only Ty Jackson. Oh. And the photo taken by the man they call Moog. Yeah, it's a sick, um, sick barrel shot. It's definitely, like, it's sick. It, it was a winner as soon as it got entered, undoubtedly, before the, the votes went in. But, um, yeah, then, so last, it's, it's an annual competition that we, we have done every year for, I don't know, about four or five years now, maybe. And uh, last year we postponed it because obviously we couldn't encourage people into the water with the lockdown restrictions. We couldn't justify telling people to go surfing to get a photo. So what we did last year was an all-time photo competition where people would just send any photo, bodyboard-related, personal to themselves, obviously, over the years. And we just had like, and it fell in nicely as well with a 50-year anniversary. So that was last year. But yeah, to get a wave of the winter up and running again, the three month folding period, and then we have a one month voting, uh, one week voting period. It's uh, nice to get it up and running again. And uh, yeah, well done to Ty. Also, Alex, for the first time, we decided this year that um, we're going to start giving prizes as well for the runner up. So, well, runners up because we give prizes to both the rider and the photographer. So that was Alex Freeson and the photo was taken by Tim Bow. So, yeah, and well done to everybody else who entered. And uh, we want to see some more pushing the limits later on now this year and the next year. Well done. Definitely. Yeah, very well done. I, um, I definitely thought that, uh, I thought Rich Livock had it with his um, drop-in at uh, a secret Welsh slab. That one, uh, that one had my vote, but uh, apparently Ty's got way more friends. <laughs> I heard that as well. That and George didn't enter this year. <laughs> no, Ty deserves to win. I, I didn't have any photos to enter, so Ty, you deserve to win, mate, if you're listening. I, there wasn't a lot up here, really. It's not like I was keeping him. I'd have happily beat you, Ty. I'd have happily beat you. <laughs> Don't worry. So next year I'll be back on it. Well, that uh, pretty much wraps it up, I think. We've uh, covered a whole heap in there. A lot of stuff going on in the body world. And um, I look forward to um, following the World Tour now with all the points and, and seeing who, um, who's scoring, um, who's up there in the, in the title chase. Um, and if you guys are keen, I'd, I'd very much like to invite you back to, uh, to fire through those and, and follow the World Tour, chase it, and, and give people updates. Um, but thank you so much for jumping on. Um, Really enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks yeah, for having no us. Problem, man. Yeah, sweet. Like I said earlier, it'd be good to have the tour started now. Um, I don't know if it's just the way we're, we're more aware of it or whatever, but if you think we're coming, like, say, into the fifth month now, it seems to have been a lot going on already this year. Um I'm not saying these events haven't gone on in the past, but we're certainly a lot more aware of these uh, events around the world. And 
it's, it's been an exciting time up until now and the world tour hasn't even started properly so we'll have a lot more exciting stuff to talk about soon i'm going to take complete and a hundred percent recognition for that and uh just be like the reason that you are seeing all these events is because you're doing the research for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> you're actually going looking for them This episode was brought to you by Hempoid CBD. Follow the link in the Slab Body Bunny Instagram bio to get yours today. And use discount code SLAB23 to get 25% off your entire purchase. Slab Body Bunny brings you regular book stuff. Follow us on Instagram and tag your mates if you dig the content. Keep frothing. Whew.